Hello and welcome to the X-Files Revisited. I'm your host, Graham Davidson, and with me as always is Brian Womax. Join us as we systematically work our way through the full X-Files franchise. In each episode, we will tackle a single episode of the X-Files, so join along. Watch with us as we discuss each and every detail on the X-Files Revisited. We've just finished season two and this is our wrap-up show. Uh, We've been looking forward to getting to this for some time, doing our little overview of season two. We'll be giving you our top five episodes and our bottom five episodes. We'll do bottom five first because we want to end on a high. Um, And yeah, just to kick proceedings off, I'm going to start just by saying that I've actually changed a grade for one of the episodes primarily like when we do these conversations we talk about these episodes often i will change my grade as we're talking because um you know things that graham says the perspective he has might make me think about things in a way that i haven't thought before and i might lower my grade or up it as we're recording um this is one that actually happened after the fact uh, and that's irresistible this is an episode i've loved ever since i've been an x-files fan always giving it a five And there were just a few things that Graham brought up that actually, on reflection, thinking about them over and over again, I'm like, you know what? He's kind of right about that. Uh, Not the Scully stuff. I still love what they do with Scully's character. I think that's justified, the way they take her character. But I do think the character of Donnie Faster, the way he's played, it's just a bit too weird. They play him as too much of a weirdo to go unnoticed in society. So, for me, yeah... As I watch the episode, I kind of think, I don't really buy that anymore, like the way that I I did way back when, which is a shame. So I brought my grade down for that episode to a four rather than a five, uh, which means you won't actually get to see it appear in my top five, which is quite a shock, because when we started this season, I said it was a definite. Not so. Uh, So yeah, Graham, you got any confessions to make in that regard with this season? Absolutely not. My opinions are steadfast and unshakable, Brian. <laughs> um, no, it's, 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 unlike yourself, where the grades uh, are how you're going to layer the episodes, I am a little bit more fluid with my opinion and I judge it not by the score that I gave it, but by looking back at the season and going, I'd like to watch that one or that one or, or, or my goodness, I would not like to sit through that again in the case of something in my bottom five. So you will find that there'll be a five-star episode that doesn't even break into my top five and will probably infuriate you <laughs> along the way. Already, already it's rubbing me the wrong way because cause I, I've i got the episodes in mind and I'm like, if that if that's not in your top five, what is wrong with you? Seriously. But whatever, yeah. <laughs> so do you want to kick us off with your bottom five, your number five? <coughs> Sure, why not? Um, my number five is Fresh Bones, this voodoo-centric one. The episode that, again, is rather dull. There's got some really good effects in it. Some of the zombie stuff, or, or the way it looks, is pretty fun, but then there's just things that just don't make sense at all. Silly things that I just can't go over, like the fact that Mulder and Scully's cars parked in a military place, a car park, with all these people watching and somehow somebody's got under it and spray-painted a voodoo sign. <laughs> um, you know, but I I, I kind of loathed putting this one on my top five because it's got that really cool scene at the end where Skilly's hand mm. and the guy kind of starts to reach out for that's, that's it. But ultimately, the episode was boring, yeah. tedious, uninteresting. And the whole thing about the little kid was just... <sighs> I just didn't care. Yeah. Chester. Chester. Yeah. No, nope, I'm with you. Uh, see, I'm, I'm, I'm... Oh, actually, what, what I've got at my number five is actually that episode that we kept cocking up on. Um, I was debating just now whether to swap them around... Um, my, my number five is Red Museum. Um, and it's it's... It's basically that 
like I say, they, they threw everything. It seemed like from, from the opening five minutes or so, you couldn't tell what this, what kind of episode it was going to be. Is it a monster of the week? Is it a government conspiracy arc episode? Is it some crazy kind of drug-addled episode? It was just, it was all over the place, um, but in an intriguing way. You know, it had an intriguing setup. <laughs> but then everything that they set up went nowhere, <clears throat> and. It turned into this episode in which the guy who shot Deep Throat came back. So all of a sudden it was a mythology episode. All of a sudden we have an, an opportunity here to 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 have a villain, you know, a, a recurring villain at this point that we can learn something from. But we don't. He just gets shot. So literally everything that happens in the episode happens for absolutely no reason like you could literally take the episode out and it wouldn't make any effect it wouldn't make any impact on the mythology of the episode of of the of, of the you know the the overarching story of, of the x-files <coughs> and and yeah and on top of that there was some weird stuff in there like continuity errors things like that and and just really contrived moments like they needed like literally, if that guy hadn't plane hadn't crashed in his plane, Mulder yeah. and Scully wouldn't have got the next piece of the puzzle to move them on. So the fact that, like, <coughs> I can imagine that plane crash being the start of an episode. You know, the, the the investigation starts because hey, a plane's crashed and something's been found in it. But halfway through an investigation, in order to give you the next piece of the puzzle for that invest investigation, no man, that that is the very essence the very definition of contrived so no just bad bad writing on every level uh, as, as far as the x-files goes and that's why it gets to my number five there are other episodes on this on my bottom five that are probably duller than this maybe a bit more boring um which is why they kind of get higher up the list like there's, there's moments in this one that have bits of excitement, intrigue. You, th you know, like, there are moments where you think, oh, if they'd, oh, if they'd have just done that, if they'd have just done this, it would have really boosted the episode up. But because of the lazy writing, no, it, it just makes my top, my, my bottom five. So. Yeah. <clears throat> um, I mean, I pretty much agree with everything you said there, which is why it's my number four. Um, with Museum, just utter nonsense. It starts off quite promising and just completely falls away. I just remember some ridiculous moments in it. Like the old guy that, that shouts them over, takes them to a field and then leaves them there. <laughs> You're like, why? Why is that happening? Um, like you said, complete and utter nonsense. Yeah, definitely. Okay, so my number four is Fresh Bones, which, like you said, you know, there's, there's a good idea in there somewhere. With the whole voodoo thing, and but man, if it's not dull, like really dull, not like none of the characters that you know the 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 characters of the week kind of things, the ones we know we're never going to see again, none of them are interesting. And when when you do like a standalone episode, and we've got we've got a few we've got a, you know a few of them coming up in our top fives. When you look at the standalone episodes. The ones that work, the ones that are good, they have these characters that yes, you you were never going to see them again, but they're strong characters. We we, for that short time, for those forty five minutes that we're with them, we get drawn into their world, we get drawn into their story, and with this, I'm just not. I don't care about any of these characters that are in this episode. Um, it's dull. Like you say, there's some nice visuals towards the end with the. You know the the guy coming out of that wound on Scully's hand, and mm. yeah, like great in the visual department we, we, in that regard. But it's just dull. Everything else around it is just dull. So number four. Yeah. Okay, my number three. Brace yourself. Is irresistible. We knew it was coming, Brian. I I, I did have it at number one for a little while, um, but there was something more tedious than it. Um, irresistible, I, I hated I hated the episode because I didn't connect with it 
Um, try as you, as you might, you didn't convince me otherwise. I just didn't like it. It had some really weird scenes in it, like um, the, the guy, the, the, the weirdo killer guy who goes for a job interview and couldn't be more off-putting yet for somehow the woman's just flirting with him and like giving him a, a pie pass into this career. I mean, you always remember this. I mean, it was shocking. Yeah, I, I did. Um, I mean, and, and like I say, that it was when you, they're the comments that I kind of, I, I agree, I do. That's why I knocked it down. Uh, but there's a lot of other stuff going on in this episode that I like. Yeah, but, and, and like you say, it's all Scully-centric stuff. I, I couldn't connect with that at all, which is, you know, unusual because I'm, I'm very centred on that character. Uh, but, you know, you've said that this character comes back in a later episode as well which I'm still curious about checking out but for me I think back to the episode and I had such a strong reaction against it that I don't know if it's one that I want to go back and visit again I, I just it's bizarre because I know I'm not alone in, in that opinion like, I, like amongst X-Files fans Irresistible does tend to be a season favourite for a, for a lot of people mm. uh, so which makes a change because I, I usually am the one who's kind of yeah not in the majority let's say but all right um, my number three is fearful symmetry uh, just again it's that whole boredom factor and the fact that it's 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 these animals yeah animals are being abducted. Boo hoo! Like I don't want to come off as a you know. <laughs> I do. It's just it's just these characters, these animal rights activists, and like you kn you know who who the bad guys are before they're even revealed. You, you see it coming a mile off. It's just it, it's it's I I don't care. I don't care about anything that's going on. That's the thing. You get some guy in a monkey suit at the end. Um, was and they go they go for this. You can tell they're going for this real emotional, gorillas in the mist, Diane Fossey kind of activism, in which we're supposed to cry at the death of this gorilla at the end. And I think you should. You know, I when I look at genuine stuff about poachers on TV, it upsets me. So this should upset me. Seeing something going on. This I don't. I don't care. I don't care about this man in a monkey suit. And I don't care about these activists kind of all at each other's throats. And I hate the fact that Scully just kind of gets sidelined at so many points. Um, just nothing to do. It's one of them episodes. We've, we've said recently on one of our podcasts, on, on one of our reviews, it was Effie Masculata, actually, uh, when the the... the, the when when you get a, a standalone episode, it kind of lives and dies on what you give Mulder and Scully to do when you separate them. If you give them both something to do, then it can work. But when you separate them and one clearly, and it's usually Mulder, gets a lot more to do than the other, then it just, yeah, it just dies a death. And and this one, again, it's that it's that dullness. It's like you've got fresh bones. You got fearful symmetry, and you're just like, ah, I don't know. It's just, and it just just come down to a question of, if if I was gonna open my Blu-ray box set right now and stick it, stick one of those two episodes on, it had to be one of those two. I would reluctantly go for Fresh Bones, and that's the only reason um, that th this is higher on the list. Fearful symmetry, dull as nuts. Yeah, yeah, my number. One and two are quite interchangeable. I think my number two is Fearful Symmetry as well. It's just so dull. Um, Eco Warriors. This <sighs> is shocking. Well, the, the thing is, like, is like, terrible. Like, you loved Darkness Falls. That is Eco Warriors. Yeah. You know, so like, I, I didn't. Like, I wasn't that big on Darkness mm -hmm. Falls, but clearly something about that worked for you. So there is a way to mm -hmm. do it right and a way to do it wrong. And this clearly is wrong. Yeah, it, it, all the characters. I think I said it, and it, they're all. Um, all the characters are various degrees of equal warriors. They all want to protect these animals in one way, shape, or form, and they're all horrible people. 
that you just don't like that was done and you're like I hope that person wins I hope that's the person that saves the day you just, and the fact that you actually feel like um, you want somebody to come and take the animals off these people because they're smothering them more than helping them you know you're like oh the gorilla died thank goodness it's away from that woman you know it's oh, it's just tedious yeah. and that's I think the worst thing I can say about a lot of these episodes in the bottom five they were so boring you know irresistible I had an adverse reaction to it right but there was some, some good things about it some good images and that. these were just so dull yeah. and we're about to get to the dullest of minds it's just, just heavy isn't it it's like a slog it's like a real slog yeah and you literally because like when we're doing when we're watching them for, for like I, I take notes and I usually I, I watch a scene I stop it and I take notes on it and having to do that with some of these where you literally you watch the scene and then you stop it, doing it that way, it means that watching an episode like this lasts for like an hour and 15 minutes or longer rather than 45 minutes. Because, mm -hmm. so, so it's just, and you know, I'm, I know what's coming anyway because I've seen them before, so I'm just like, oh no. So in while I'm in the dullness, I'm already thinking about the dullness that's to come and I'm just... Yeah, it is. It's a slug. It's a slug with some of these. Um, so my number two, which I've got a feeling is going to be your number one, <clears throat> is Dodd Calm. Uh, <coughs> yeah. <coughs> Sorry about that. Um, just <sighs> squandered potential. That's all I'll say. Squandered potential. First 15, dare I say 20 minutes, was actually going pretty pretty nicely. This this is one that did have characters that I cared about. You know, we had this we had this one guy, was it Trondheim or something like that? Um mm -hmm. he yep. was the one who took them out there. I was like, you know what? I know this is a character we're never gonna see again, but this, this is I am I'm kind of on his side. You know, it's his ship. He's taken them out there. Yes, he's done it for money, but you know, a, a guy's gotta make a living. Um He's been pretty hard done to so far. But then, halfway through, they turn him into a, the villain. Um, it it kind of comes out of nowhere. And, and it, it's a complete character change that I don't like. Um, he, he tries instantly to get Scully to try and go against Mulder and you don't you don't buy it at all and from that from that point in the episode like it, it literally like it's it's, it's kind of like that it's kind of going up a little bit and then it boom it dovetails big time like, like these dull ones that we've had yeah that they're dull they're down here but they keep an even keel of dullness this can this one kind of starts above that dullness but then goes deep underneath it and keeps on going. Um, and then the ending, which I just, yeah, I don't buy at all. You know, Mulder and Scully, I'm sorry, they're dead. They are clinically dead. You are not reviving them with this wishy-washy BS theory that Scully has managed to concoct with her science and they get found when they're literally on death's door. They've passed out. They've passed out because they're literally dying. And yet these pe these soldiers have just enough time to come in, get them on board their helicopter, get them home. Then for someone to read Scully's notes and learn how to... No, sorry, not buying, not buying. Just like the biggest dovetail of any episode ever. Um, it's just dull. It's beyond dull. Like... Yeah. Mm. yeah, and and that brings us nicely into my number one, the worst episode, the most boring episode, Dodd Cam. You know, yeah. and and you look at season two as a whole. You know that the bad guys, there's aliens, there's monsters, there is people who can alter your perception of reality, vampires, mm -hmm. there is cults, there is poltergeist, there is Satan, um, <laughs> Satan himself. Yes, there there, there is. Um, Voodoo people, and you know this is the mo this is the worst one of all. Slowly aging. <sighs> Dear Lord, it's it's, and 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 I've never seen an episode with such a drop off. 
you know, something that's going along so like, you know, this is that quite atmospheric. I quite like it. We've got Norwegian Quint taking these guys on their little trip here and then boom, it just falls off the cliff into like complete nonsense. And in that final half, we'll say it's really tedious. We get that awesome sequence of Scully making up the most disgusting liquid that she can to try and keep them sustained. And and she has things like um, is it some some water, some alcohol, I think. Some, yes, some, some juice from, like, some tuna juice. cans or yeah. something like that. Yeah. yeah. So she has this stuff that is consumable. This is things that are, are made to be consumed at some point. And for some reason, she decides to smash open a snow globe and add that to it. And you're like, why? If there's anything out of all those things you've had that aren't going to be good for your body, why would you do that? It's utter crap, right, is what it is. It, it, it just loses the plot yeah. really, really quickly. And into a, into a finale where at the end you're just like, I, I really can't wish for this to end. I, I feel as if I've aged 40 mm. years just watching yeah. this. Tedious has a new definition, and that is dodgy. Yeah, definitely. Um, and there's only one reason <coughs> why it didn't make my number one. Um... And to be honest, I'm tempted to bump it up there now, but uh, it, it is those first 15 minutes. The, the, the fact yeah. that I was genuinely intrigued, genuinely had a character that I, I, I liked. There's a few, a few nice foreshadowing moments, the bit with Mulder kind of throwing up over the, you know, how that played into the dehydration later on. It, there's some well-thought-out moments, but, yeah, it just dropped the ball so, so big halfway through. Um, but, yeah... That's the only reason it, it isn't a number one. The one that is a number one for me is Excelsis Day. And that is because not only is this dull, but it is depressingly dull. The subject matter, you know, old people in a home where they're supposed to be looked after and they're kind of not really treated all that well um, and... It, it's miserable. It's absolutely miserable. Like, if, if, if you want to put someone off putting their loved ones into one of these kind of care homes, or into a care home, I don't know why you choose to put them into this kind, but, uh, like, if, if you just wanted to put them off, it's, it's basically like train spotting for care homes, you know? You show... Show a requiem for a dream, even better example. You show requiem for a dream to someone who's thinking about taking drugs, they ain't taking drugs after watching that film. You show someone thinking about putting their their, their loved one into a care home, you show them this episode, they ain't putting that person into a care home after this. Not only they've got a heart, because it's just, it's, it's, it, yeah, it's not just dull, it's depressingly dull. And then there's the stuff at the end... Like the the climax of, of like, like how Mulder and Scully are, are, are right in the basement of this tall building, and yet they hear some commotion going on, like way upstairs, and and then it's just you don't know what's going on. It's like somebody gets dragged down a corridor. You're not quite clear who or why or how they got taken out. Uh, um, there's this thing with the, the fungus down in the basement where they find a body and we're not even sure whose body it is. Um, like, both you and I, literally we had a conversation during that episode where we're like, who, so who is that? Who was that who was buried? I, I still don't know to this day. It's just... It's, it's not very well choreographed, you know, whatever the information that comes through, it's, it's not entirely sure what's going on. Um, yeah, what's causing these ghosts to come back? We, we, we kind of got a sense of that, but also it's causing these old patients to be able to move faster or maybe even jump out of their bodies. I don't know, because it's just not clear. It's just there's so much about the episode that is is badly handled in that department where it just felt like more could have done with being cleared up. And when when you're trying to figure out this stuff whilst also being bored and depressed, that does not make a good combination. Uh yeah, so 
Like I can I can stick the first half of Dodcam off and say, all right, I'll turn that off. I, I don't want to watch any of this again, ever. It's, it's dull, depressing. It's the worst episode of season two. There we go. I mean, plenty of cho- to choose from as well, Brian. The fact that you put irresistible above this, quite frankly, <clears throat> is just <clears throat> staggering. Staggering. It's like you didn't even put it in your your bottom five. Never mind putting irresistible above it. Like what the hell, yeah. man? Yeah. <laughs> Excelsis David would have been my number seven. Seven. What would have been your number six? Yeah. One breath. No way! No way! <laughs> Let me. I've got your scores right in front of me. Let me see. I could be messing with you, Brian, but let's just move on. You're messing with me. You gave one breath a three point five. <laughs> There's no way. No way. That's that's yeah. No way. Right. Okay. Um. <clears throat> so yeah, top five. Let's get into our top five. Uh, I'll hmm? I'll lead with this one while you lead with the last one. Um, sure. Okay. Like I say, pains me not to put irresistible on this. Um, I will say up front, <coughs> I am going to cheat at, at some point during this. I am. I'm go- I, I, I have no choice. Um, and I've probably already blown my wad by saying that, but let's, let's just get into it. Okay, so my number five is Sleepless. Um, so this, this is an episode with Tony Todd as the villain of the week. He plays this guy who, who, who basically doesn't need to sleep, but as a result of, of not sleeping for goodness knows how many years, it's caused him to be able to project images into people's minds. And he's going round, wiping out his, his old team, his old unit, military unit, um, as, as a way of penance, really, of, of punishing them for, for what they all did together when they were back in Vietnam. Um, and, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's, just, it's just a good episode. We get the introduction of Krychek in this. It's nice seeing the dynamic between Mulder and Krychek, the way that Mulder kind of plays with him, kind of ditches him at one point. Um, and, uh, yeah, we don't... You know, we don't quite know whether Krychek's on the level until the end when we find out, oh, boom, he's can- Cancer Man's underling. So right there, we all of a sudden we have this new villain in play um, who's kind of like the mirror image of Mulder in many ways. Uh, yeah, and, and Tony Todd's character, I also really liked. I liked his performance. I loved some of the guest star performances as well. That guy who was like proper, you know, the one who worked in the cafe, he was like really edgy and twitchy, like genuinely looked like he hadn't slept for, the, for you know, 20 years. Um, yeah, it was just a well-written, well-directed episode, I think. Um, very solid, strong stuff. Okay, so when I think back to my five favourite episodes, it's, it may not be the best episodes of the season, but it's the ones that I had the most fun with and the ones that I would like to rewatch again. Saying that, my number five is Our Town. <laughs> I had so much no, fun with this no, episode. No, yes, Brian. No. Except that. Yes. Number five. There's like, oh, there's like so many X Files fans out there right now not watching this who, if they would, if they were listening to this and watching this, they, yeah, they would be. Screaming at you right now. It is what it is. It's like a, <laughs> it's like a pantomime episode, bro. It is. Um, I, I agree. And you know me. Yeah. yeah. I, I like to push buttons when I can. Mm-hmm. But I, I genuinely had a lot of fun with this, and I, I said it when we reviewed it. Everything feels wrong about the way the story's told. Everybody acts the wrong way, but it fits so perfectly with the, just the whole thing about the the episode and. I had fun. I had fun with the colonel. Um, I, I enjoyed everybody who seemed so pleasant and happy, and they were all part of this murderous cult. And I just had a great time watching this. Mm. It was just 
fun and, and when we talked about it I had a lot of fun talking about it as well and that adds to the enjoyment of the episode uh, yeah so our town people go out there rage away it's my opinion <laughs> and it's on the list okay um yeah it, it was enjoyable it is it's, it's a guilty pleasure for me um I, I can see the flaws in it why why a lot of people don't like it but it is enjoyable it's a guilty pleasure um number four for me though personally is aubrey um this is one that's kind of gone up a lot in my estimation uh particularly when we reviewed it this is another one of them where actually our discussion maybe even or even just sitting like I've always watched, you know, I've, I've been a fan of X-Files for a long time. I've always sat down, watched them. You take them at face value. You, you watch it. You get what you, you get from it during that viewing. Doing what we do now when, you know, I sit down, I've got my, my notebook ready. Like I say, I pause after every scene. I write notes on it. That process gets me a lot more critical about these episodes. So a lot of episodes that I've always loved sometimes come down. And a lot of them where I maybe I've not given the credit that is due, they do, I, I, they go up. And it's in that process of writing those notes on it, talking about it with you, that this episode really did go up. Um, like, there's literally just a couple couple of moments that stopped it being a perfect five. Um, and that was, you know, the, 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 the fake... You know, lift, 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 yeah, <laughs> lifting the, the, the blade up and then coming in. Oh, they're going for the kill. But then she she stops near his neck. And it's just like, oh. it's like, really? Really? Um, that, so it's just moments like that that kind of annoyed me. Like There's like a couple of them, just like that. That's what stops us being a five. I gave it a four and a half out of five. Because the story is fantastic. And X-Files is at its best when they take a theme... And and they deal with that theme. And this episode is about that whole argument of nature versus nurture. You know, you've got this this criminal, this this guy who clearly raped and murdered people. Um, he had a bad upbringing. Uh, you know, there's an argument to be made there that maybe that is nurture. And then you get his offspring, a couple of generations down, a result of one of these rapes, never known him been part of a loving family and yet she goes you know she 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 becomes like him and it's this idea of nature you know is is that in her genetics is is that is there no way out of that you know this nature versus nurture thing so and and just the way they play with that theme throughout the episode the way they discuss it I love it. You know, even right down from the fact of her having a baby and having the douchebag guy played by Terry O'Quinn, um, the whole nature versus nurture thing comes into that. The, you know, the, the way that actually, realistically, she would be a better parent because she's a more loving person. But because of what's happened to her, this split personality or whatever you want to call it, these genetics... That's just not possible. She w she wouldn't be able to be a parent to this child. So instead, it goes to douchebag guy at the end of the episode, which is a bitter pill to swallow because we have hated him throughout this episode. So to know that her child is going to go with him, again, it's just it's a bitter way to end the episode. But it, it feeds into that theme: the nature versus nurture. What is best for a child? To me, they are what make great episodes great episodes when you when you can when can you when you can look at that when there's a theme being dealt with clearly in a, in a really intelligent way like you, you you know go back to our bottom five when we talked about fearful symmetry yes there's a theme there it's you know e being an eco warrior and an and activist you know animal rights and all that but it's so heavy-handed it's so on the nose it's like a lead weight, you know? There's no, in, no intelligence with the way it's handled, whereas this is the opposite of that. They've got a theme, and they handle it in a really intelligent way. Um, so, yeah, uh, loved this episode. It's my number four. OK, um, my number four is Colony. Um, <clears throat> fairly exciting episode, one that really moves along, is really... Uh, blistering paste. I, I'm not the biggest fan of the kind of legacy episodes, the one that brings in the overarching story. I like the kind of Monsters of the Week episodes, uh, which I've alluded to before. 
but this one was something a little bit special. Yeah, we do get a kind of threat, but with the budget terminator that we're talking about, um, you get Samantha back again. You get the clones, the idea of all these clones, and it, like I said, it moves at a fantastic pace. And out of all the legacy episodes that were in season two, this was probably my favourite of all of them. Um, because because of what it brings to the characters, you know, you get Samantha, you get uh, Fox's parents, you get to see how he puts Scully kind of on a pedestal that he's willing to sacrifice the thing that he has been after most to save um, to, to save Scully, which is great, and it's got all these excellent set pieces, and you get that threat of the the, the, the face changer, you yeah. know, the guy that can morph into almost anything which just adds a, an extra threat to everything because you're never quite sure who is, is good, bad or whatever. Great episode, lots of fun, cool special effects. Excellent, okay. Um, so my number three is Humbug. Uh, this is, again, like you talk about an episode and the way that it deals with themes... Um, this is perfection with in in that regard. You know, Darren Morgan. It's his first episode as a writer, known on this season as the Fluke Man. Uh, when it when, you know as as an actor. Uh, but yeah, who'd have known? Who'd have thought Fluke Man would be one of the best writers out there? Just like every Darren Morgan episode is gold. Just get that in your head right now. You see his name coming up on credits. It's a reason to be excited. But. Uh, the way he deals with that theme of being an outsider, of being an outcast, of being different, and uses a, 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 a circus of freaks to do it, but not just by pointing the finger at them as being different, but actually kind of by, by holding a mirror from them up to Mulder and Scully and just showing how, how out of kilter and how weird Mulder and Scully are in their own way. Um, and just, just the fact that, yeah, we all deal with that kind of feeling of, of, of being out of place in, in the world at times, you know, and it's just, it's brilliantly handled, you know, with this, this character of this twin, um, this conjoined twin and just, yeah, the relationship, it's just, it is, it's perfection, it's funny, it's absolutely hilarious, so many great moments in it that just crack you up. Um, and and it, again, the pace as well, really fast. A lot of mm. playing with your expectations, like the, in the opening, you know, the first victim. We, we see things from his perspective. He comes in, we think he's going to attack this child, and actually, he's just he's the father. And then he gets attacked, and it's like the 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 monster of the week has just been attacked by a monster of the week, and it's just yeah, right from that opening scene. The episode sets out its stall, where you just don't know what to expect. All the characters, all these characters that we get in this episode, you know, like I said before, you get, going back to Fearful Symmetry, when you get characters in an episode that's, that you know you're never going to see again and you don't care about them, it kills that episode. Every character in this, I'm like, they're, they're just, they're either comic genius or they they actually have quite a touching story, um, and you care for them, and it's just to do that with characters in such a short space of time. You know, in a four, you know forty five minute episode, uh, when we've already got Mulder and Scully to deal with as well, it's it's quite it's quite something. It's quite an achievement. Um, yeah, I, I I can't overestimate how good Darren Morgan is as a writer on this show. Um, so yeah, Humbug is my number three. Okay. My number three is The Host. Um, this was one episode... <laughs> I love your reactions, Brian. It's great. Priceless. Um, this was an episode that I actually remember from this season. It stuck with me. And I, I just absolutely love it. Simply because they catch them. They catch the monster early on. We've never seen this before. Usually they you get away or you get hints of these kind of things or Mulder will get half a glance and Scully will never see because he sent her away to the kitchen or something um, as he does mm. but yeah actually right early on you're like what they've, they've caught this thing yeah. that's 
that's different. <laughs> well, surely it's going to escape, and then everybody starts to see it, and you're like, well, everybody's seen that. This is mm. this is crazy. Yeah. Um, you get some disgusting mm. kind of body horror things as well, yeah. especially the guy in the shower. Yeah, it's a very striking monster as well because it doesn't hide it in the shadows. It shows you it straight off the bat, and you get to see this sort of grotesque weirdness of it, and. Um, yeah, it's, it's such a fun, fun episode. That, that, that's what I can say about all these. They're all fun, they're all entertaining, they all move fairly quickly, they all keep your attention. And when you finish the episode, you go like, oh, I really enjoyed that one. Yeah. Um, I, I'm with you on your comment. You know, it's, it is an episode I gave four out of five. I just, I think for me, uh, there's, 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 a, there's a kind of dullness to it. Um, not Not necessarily in characters or anything like that but just it just it has this feel of yeah I, I don't know it's hard to explain it's it's quite a dark episode um like not just with this subject matter but just the places they go you know spend most of the time in the sewer so it's all dark and drippy yeah. um it's not an environment no you mean yeah it's not an environment that brings a lot of joy to my heart so uh but yeah i i get it i do I get it. Um, it, it's, it is a favourite amongst X-Files fans, and I like it. It would definitely be in my top ten of the season. Um, but, uh, yeah. Okay. When okay. you go, your number three, Brian. Okay, so I've done my number three. Uh, my number two hmm. is the season closer, Anasazi. Um, loved it. Just uh, now, I am the opposite to you. Uh, I... I love standalone episodes, but they can be pretty hit and miss. Um, you know, for every great one, there is uh, there is a bit of a poor one. Whereas for me, the mythology stuff, certainly in the in the in the first few seasons, you know, like debatable as we get later on, but in the first few seasons, <coughs> it it just it always takes it up a notch. They're always better written. They're always better directed. The character stuff in them is always much more personal. You know, we, we really get to, to delve into Mulder and Scully's personal lives and how it pertains to the X-Files, you know, the investigations, the, the impacts that it has, that, that the X-Files has on their lives in a personal way. Um, I just, I always feel there's much more at stake. There's much more going on in these episodes that is going to have repercussions later. And for me... That always grabbed me. It always grabbed me more. And and uh, as I said in Anasazi, you know these these episodes, these mythology episodes, they were always released on video as as you know they were put together two parters and three parters. They were put together, released as feature films. And I think watching them in that way as an X Files fan, it did. It 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 made you feel like you were watching a movie. You, you suddenly your t your favorite TV show had become movies. Admittedly, they're just episodes strung together but because of how much more effort they seem to put into these episodes it did it felt like you were watching a movie and i just thought this 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 episode has got everything it's got all the intrigue all the questions that are brought up with the you know the the, the navajo language sort of vaccination all that kind of you know merchandise uh the, the tie with scully uh the, the tie between cancer man and Mulder's dad Mulder's dad getting killed by Krychek of all people who comes back, you know, it's just two really great fight scenes that just come out of the blue. It's just, yeah, it's great. It's really brilliantly handled. Scully gets a lot to do, uh, which is always a bonus. You know, she saves Mulder. Um, it's, it's just, yeah, I, I, I don't know how this couldn't be in somebody's top five for for season two it's and you gave it a five and like you said at the start you know episodes that you gave a five won't be making it into the list and things but it's just yeah this this is just a fantastic episode absolutely fantastic so okay right strap yourself in my number two <laughs> is the hand dear relate see I, um, I thought this was going to be your number one i had a sneaking suspicion it it's, would be number one but it, it, it was and is extremely close. I, I would put both these episodes on even keel. Um, toss of the coin. Maybe if I had more time to think about it, it possibly would be up there. But it's, I mean, they're battling the devil. Yeah. 
and it's not silly. No, <laughs> you know it's no. It, it's it's not as as ridiculous as it sounds, and I could go into all the different factions of to why I like this, and why I didn't. But look at the episode that we recorded for that. What I will say is the standout scene in this entire season for me is when the young girl is telling her tale. Yeah, absolutely. The daughter. Yeah. Like not not just and, a standout uh, scene in the episode, but one of the standout scenes of the season, to be honest. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, that's what I just said, Brian. <laughs> yeah, I'm just zoned out when he said that. Sorry, man. Sorry. Um, yeah, so I, I, like I said, it's, it's the standout scene of the season. And, and you know, if, if anybody was wondering why I put that on my list, I would show them that. I mean, there's there's so many other things, but we talked about that during the episode. This was just so much fun, and it felt extremely playful, which I, I did enjoy as well. Um Great episode. So l- let me ask you one question, Brian. What is your single favourite episode? That one episode that you love, the, the, the one episode above all others that is your favourite one episode mm-hmm. of this season? My favourite episode is the two parter Colony and <laughs> Endgame. Look, um, the, I, I, you can't separate these two as far as I'm concerned it's one story you know um, like I say when you watch these back to back it's just it does feel like an X-Files movie you know when you watch it this this, yeah I, I, this is one of the ones I watched most way back when uh, when, I, when I had that video of, of you know because they, they take out all the credits they edit them together as a movie I just it is the, the production design on it the, the way they're, you know, that, that submarine at the end, just that, that alone is impressive. But every step of the way, the pacing is brilliant throughout. There's no weak links in it, you know. There's, for me personally, I and mean, I know you gave Endgame a 4.5 rather than a 5. It's just like, and even you said during that that you didn't really know why. You just felt it, there was a little bit of a drop, but you couldn't quite explain it. Um... Yeah, to me, it's it's a perfect story. You can't have one without the other. You know, it's it's not like you can just say, "Colony is this self-contained thing." Everything's left hanging, and it's all picked up in that set. It's it is. It's one long movie, as far as I'm concerned, split into two episodes. Uh, if if you have one, you have to have the other. So, and for me, it's it's just. I think, like, Dwayne Barry and Ascension, like, Dwayne Barry I liked. Ascension was a, a bit of a drop-off for me. And, and they did feel like two separate episodes because one was this self-contained thing, a hostage situation in one location. And then the second episode was, like, a completely different kettle of fish. It was, like, you know, darting around all over the country trying to find this guy. Um... And yeah, I did like. I I I got I got hooked into that 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 mythology aspect from from Dwayne Barry and Ascension, but this, Colony Endgame, that was the first kind of point in season two where, boom, the mythology just stuff just literally became my favourite thing about the show. Um, like before that, we you know for, when when you're talking mythology episodes, we'd had Little Green Men, which was a season opener. It was it was good. It was entertaining. It got us back into the series, refreshed our memories, but it, it wasn't spectacular. Uh, then we had Dwayne Barry and Ascension, um, which I've just mentioned. Uh, we had One Breath, which I, I kind of liked, but I I can understand why somebody wouldn't. It 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 is a bit all over the place, um, but there's so many great scenes in it. Um, we, we had Red Museum, which is technically a mythology episode, but like we've already said, absolutely pointless, which kind of makes you think, yeah, this mythology stuff ain't great, is it? So after that, yeah, boom, Colony and Endgame comes along and just completely changes the face of the mythology episode, as far as I'm concerned, by just, yeah, just nailing it on every level. Best episode of the season... Um, one of my favourite episodes of all time, um, and not just in X Files, but of TV, quite frankly. So there you go. Okay, uh, my number one is Humbug. Um, 
I, I really enjoyed this episode because it gave me lots of interesting characters. It gave me lots of interesting conversations and it melded it with my Monster of the Week sensibilities, kind of mixing it with a couple of my favourite uh, monsters from like It's Alive or Basket Case, that kind of thing. But it wasn't just a monster movie, it wasn't just a Monster of the Week episode. It, it, it created, like you said, a social commentary about it. You know, people aren't um, the way they look, you know, or how they are perceived and and it gave you not just one perception of that, it gave you several. You had um, the city dwarf guy who ran the, the, the caravan park, who was very articulate and loquacious and, and um, it was always great to hear him speak. You had the, the guy who had his brother attached to him, who kind of drank his sorrows away. You had other people as well who were, you know, you had the one guy who was all kind of melted almost it looked like it never really showed you his face or that but he was someone who played on that by creating these um, tales with his voice and, and creating the mystery and then pulling the rug from under your feet and and then you had the the normals so to speak mm. you know the, is it Jim Rose yeah, I think the guy's yeah, actual yeah, name was you know the, the people who looked perfectly normal but believed they had the sensibility to be a circus freak yeah. Which is, you know, the complete opposite because the circus freaks looked mm, odd yeah. compared to everybody else but had completely normal personalities and just wanted to be another person in the crowd. There's a se- it's sense of belonging, kind of... really, isn't it? Just It's, it's a very yeah. human kind of thing that these guys would go to great lengths just to be part of something, of someone, a group. Um, but, yeah. yeah. Yeah, but, but but those two guys were the weirdest of everybody else that was on camera. Yeah, yeah. You know, and and then like you said, uh, the, these humour moments and that were oh so funny. It just it really just raised the episode a cut above. You know, it's it was a fantastic episode, um, one that I, I really really enjoyed watching. And you know, if I had to go back to it, depending on what mood I was in, it would either be Humbug or The Handy Release. Yeah. Both exceptional episodes, but. For my list, Humbug is my number one. Yeah, uh, totally understandable choice. Like, like you know, as I've said from the from the standalone episodes, it, it was my favourite as well. It is cracking. Um, I wouldn't begrudge anyone putting this over my number one and two because I understand it. I get it. I get why. Um, it is it's brilliantly written. Um, it's possibly the best written episode of the season. Um, I just like I say, I just. Those mythology episodes, because of the more personal angle with Mulder and Scully, they just they pull me in a bit, just just a bit more. Um, but yeah, can't yeah. fault you. Yeah. yeah, but that's your thing. Yeah, yeah. The monsters made yeah, yeah. the mythology. Absolutely, yours. absolutely. Um, nothing wrong with that at all. Um, <clears throat> so that is our bottom five, top five. Uh, let's just look at the season average now. When we did our wrap up show. In uh, of season one, uh, we kind of well, I, I totted up all of our grades that we gave the individual episodes and gave an overall season average for us. Um, now, season one, you gave well, I, I gave a, a 3.1 average. So, when season one averaged out, I gave it a 3.1, you gave it a 2.9. Now Right. Based on you, how you feel about season two, your, your memories of it, you know, as fresh as they are, would you imagine that you gave season two a higher grade or a lower grade? I feel that it probably gets a higher grade, but it deserves a lower grade. <laughs> okay, go on, explain that, explain that. Um, I, I feel as if there was more exceptional episodes um, in season one. Mm. If I was to do a top five of the two seasons, mm. um, I think that my top two episodes from season one would be the top two episodes again. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, you know, yeah. Uh, easily, Beyond the Sea and Ice. Yeah. Fantastic episodes, yeah. There was, I think there was more banal and boring episodes in season two, more playing it safe, more ones that didn't, well, in, in season one, I was antagonised by episodes more often than not, so I either loved it or I hated it. But it got a reaction. Yeah. You know, here in this one, 
I either enjoyed it or it was boring. Okay. You know, yeah. couldn't even muster the hatred for an episode. <laughs> so I, I feel as if season one took more chances mm. and we were rewarded by more episodes that yeah. I think are going to be renowned even further as the seasons go on. I think so. So that, that's my rationale behind that crazy logic. Okay. Um, so it shouldn't surprise you then to see that I gave... Bearing in mind, I gave season one a 3.1 average. I gave season two a 3.7 average. So overall, overall, my grade for season two is 3.7. Um, yours, bearing in mind, you gave season one a 2.9. Yours is 3.5. So there you go. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. How do you feel about it? I, I think it's wrong. I, I, do, I don't know. For me, personally, I think if you do some rearranging of these episodes, because there, there are times in season two where they will stick two really crap episodes back to back. Like... We had Red Museum and Excelsis Day back to back. We had um, Fearful Symmetry and Dodd Calm back to back, you know? So I, I feel like that plays into the mentality, particularly when you're doing what we're doing, when you have to discuss them. When you've just, just discussed a really crap episode and you have to go straight into discussing another really crap episode... I, th I think that sticks with you. It sticks in the memory. Now, if you rearrange these episodes so that you know you get two good ones and a bad one, two good ones and a bad one, I, I feel like our sour feelings about it maybe wouldn't be quite as high. Um, but it is that grouping. It's a crazy grouping. Um, where you, I don't know, Brian. I feel as if you're supposing a lot here. Um, I don't know. Maybe I am. And, maybe and I am. Yeah. <clears throat> I think you're. I think you're. <laughs> by saying that there's sixteen good episodes uh, out of this season. No, no, no season, I'm, not, I, I'm, I think. I'm not saying there's sixteen good ones. I'm just saying that th there was. Yeah, well, you said like two two good ones, one bad one. So. Oh right, yeah, yeah. Well, I yeah. mean, if you look at the grades, you know, we got. Yeah, it's it's hard, bro. It really is. <laughs> it's just I am. I'm looking at it. It is a surprise. It is a surprise. Um, and I'm you know looking at season one and, but even season one, man. You like, right at the start, you, you had some. Like the, season one had a rocky start for you, not for me, but yeah, conduit. Yeah, well, you had deep throat for you, which you didn't like. Uh, conduit, Jersey Devil, which we certainly had fun with. Ghost mm. in the Machine, Space, which still might be my worst episode, quite frankly. Um, so, you know, go, go, going back to what you said, you know, you say that if we did a top five, you know, our top two would still be, you know, beyond the sea and ice. If, if I did a bottom five, you know, season one would still clinch that top spot with Space. Uh, so... It swings both ways, you know what I mean? And I think it just, I think it comes down to <clears throat> whether or not the middling episodes, what what side of the line do they fit on, you know? Um, mm. It is, it's, it, 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 it's tricky because I, I'm, I'm right, I'm right where you are. Like if you'd have asked me, like if, before I did all my totting up, if you just said, right, based purely off, your subjective experience. Tell us now which season would do you think you would rate higher, one or two? I I probably would say one because instantly I think you know Beyond the Sea, Ice, Earl and Meyer Flask, the pilot, Squeeze. Squeeze. It's it's just like yeah, there's some good stuff in there. But think about it for a moment. You got Roland. You got Space. You got the season one had more than its fair share. You know so. Yeah, like looking at looking at it on paper, I can understand it. I can understand it. Um, I just 
it's bizarre to kind of think where are those feelings coming from because if you look at the way we've graded the episodes clearly season two deserves to be higher but I get. I guess the special episodes of each season, like you say, the season one special episodes are just a little bit more special, so you have more of a fondness for it. You've been listening to The X-Files Revisited. Please join us next time when we dissect another episode of this classic series. If you like what you've been listening to, please don't forget to click subscribe and also leave a rating and a review. It really does help us to get seen. If you'd like to hear or see more from Graham, please visit Man V Film on YouTube. Likewise, if you'd like to hear or see more from Brian, then please head over to Brian Lomax Movie Talk, also on YouTube. All that's left for us to do is to thank you for listening. And until next time, trust no one. Trust no one.